0: Well, good morning, Christchurch. These are strange days that we're living in. This week, I was walking in one of my favourite spots on the downs uh, amongst some sheep, Um, and on balance, I thought I've probably spent more time with sheep than I have with people this week. I'm glad that it's not going to continue forever. I want to say a couple of things before um, I speak to you this morning, um, bringing God's word. After I've preached this morning, I want to encourage you to take uh, communion, to share bread and wine together. So I'll introduce that at the end of the preach. Today is a significant day for me personally. On Sunday the 8th of June 2014, I was prayed into eldership of this church. So that makes it exactly six years that I've had the privilege to serve you in this way. And it's now time to step down and to pass the oversight and leadership of this body of believers onto to si and Chris and eventually to Rob and Tom. I'm stepping down from this role, but I'm not stepping back from God, from my pursuit of God. We all go through seasons of change. It is part of life. During any season of change, it's so easy to step back. I've noticed this often uh, when people leave for university or get married or have children, have some other life events. There's the vulnerability to stepping back from God. If you're going through a season of change, I want to encourage you, don't step back, but step into all that God has for you. Pursue Jesus all the days of your life with a heart of love and passion for him. I also just want to say that if I have offended you or upset you in any way, been through a thoughtless action or unkind word, then I want to apologise to you. It is well recognised that leaders often hurt people uh, that they care for. Therefore, I apologise if I've been a source uh, of pain to you and ask that you would forgive me because I remain a work in progress and will continue to be so. I'd also appreciate your prayers during this time of sabbatical when I'm going to be doing some other things uh, before I return. So this morning, we're following a series on the life of David to learn why it was said of him, he was a man after God's heart. If you can turn to 2 Samuel and chapter 5, we'll be reading some verses from there. We're looking particularly today at David's victories in God. David had already made his mark as a military leader during the reign of Saul. And if you remember the backstory, Saul was increasingly and intensely jealous of David's success. He became totally consumed with jealousy for David to the point of becoming mentally unstable. The Israelites, on one particular battle... Uh, with the Philistines, came out and they sang and they danced and they celebrated with a song, Saul has struck down his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. I don't think that would make a great worship song, but this is what the people were singing and this is what the people were saying. Now this was because all the people recognised and celebrated David's huge success as a warrior. David was a brilliant military commander. He had proven military capabilities. He knew how to lead men. He'd learned strategy, how to win battles. He would have been in the SAS. In this season of his life, David is victorious in God and is winning battles. And so today we're looking at how we can be victorious in God. We pick up the story after Saul had fallen on his sword and killed himself. David then became king over Israel at the age of 30 and he reigned for 40 years. David eventually captured the city of Jerusalem. He built a magnificent, grand designs home in that city. But before that, he had some battles to fight. And this is what we're going to read about now from 2 Samuel and chapter 5 and verse 17. 2 Samuel 5 and verse 17. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. But David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. And David came to Baal-perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. Therefore, the name of this place is called Baal Perazim. And the Philistines left their idols there. And David and his men carried them away. And in the Chronicles account of this, uh, it says that they burnt the idols. And the Philistines came up yet again and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, you shall not go up. Go round to their rear and come against them opposite the balsam trees. And when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then rouse yourself, for then the Lord has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. And David did as the Lord commanded him and struck down the Philistines from Geba to Giza. So the story narrative is about two battles against the Philistines in the Valley of Rephaim, which was near to Jerusalem. Just a note about lessons that we'll learn from this story. Our battle is not against people. People often comment about how brutal and cruel and bloody the battles were in the Old Testament, and they certainly were. But you know, the wars in the last century have been just as brutal with cruel tactics employed by numerous countries. But Paul tells us clearly, doesn't he, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, not against people, but against rulers and cosmic powers, against evil forces that are present. These forces are undetectable, like the COVID virus, but the effect, just like COVID, the outcome of evil powers are the wickedness that we can see from them. So I want us to consider three things from this story. This morning is found, the first thing uh, is found in verse 19, that David inquired of the Lord. So David, as we've said, is a proven military commander and leader. Now consider this. Despite being a successful warrior, we read these words which are key to his success. David inquired of the Lord at this point he could have been tempted to make a decision out of his extensive experience after all he was capable and competent but he didn't he inquired of the lord so what does this mean what comes to your mind what do you understand by these words david inquired of the lord well you're probably thinking david prayed about this situation and you would be correct He was facing a battle, so he prayed. But I want to suggest to you, this is not David just praying about a situation. There is something fundamentally much more going on here, something much deeper, something about uh, an intimate prayer life. We use the words, let's pray, regularly, so much so I think we can lose what they really mean, that we're coming before Almighty God. We attach the phrase, don't we, praying for you in our phone conversations, our emails, our texts, to such an extent that it can become meaningless. It can become part of Christian speak. How, hello, how are you? I'm praying for you. It rolls off the tongue so easily. David is not just having a little prayer about this battle. David is not just saying, will you give me victory? Will you help my endeavours? No, this is an inquiring word. It's much, more, it's much stronger. It means to bring the subject up. So David was bringing the subject up with God to find out, to find out information, to get specifics. That's what David was after, to question, to ask and to seek an answer. This phrase has an intensity, an intentionality, and an intimacy about it. This is a whole different level of praying. To give you a very practical example, when we're praying for someone who is battling uh, a sickness, how do you pray? Do we really inquire of God? Do we ask how we're going to win this battle? Do we ask the Lord, how are you going to heal my friend? Do we actually pray like that or do we pray vague pastoral prayers? Now pastoral prayers are very important but just as important are inquiring prayers, those prayers asking for revelation from the heart of our Father. Now, you can apply this to any situation that you may be facing, any temptation, any battle, any frustration, any war that's raging around you at the moment. You can do this, not out of some duty, but because of our relationship that we have with our Father God. David inquired of the Lord in the context of battles that he and the nation were facing. I want to suggest to you, we have an important biblical principle here. In every battle you and I face, be it financial, a relationship battle, a marriage difficulty, needing to find work, a health issue, you're hemmed in by circumstance, whatever that may be, follow David's example and inquire of the Lord. Can I challenge you as I challenge myself to press in for a deeper level of asking, pressing in for specifics? I believe that God wants to hear our questions. He's not phased by our questions. Questions like, how can we win this battle? What tactics do we need to use? How can I be a conqueror? What do you want me to know? That is a really good question to ask God. What do you want me to know? What are the keys for breakthrough? This is part of our growing in a deeper intimacy with God, in an honesty with God, becoming like David in this respect, chasing after the heart of God. This is so exciting because actually we are wired to do this. And as sons and daughters, we can inquire of God in this intimate way. Another thing to note is that David took the initiative himself of inquiring of God. He could have consulted his advisers, his political advisors, bit of a loaded word at the moment, isn't it? He could have encouraged all the people to inquire of God, but no, David inquires of God himself. There's nothing wrong in sharing our burdens and battles. Indeed, we're encouraged to bear one another's burdens, aren't we, in the New Testament. But this doesn't lessen the access that we have to our Father God to inquire of him. Paul did this in 2 Corinthians 12. Let me just read that passage to you. 2 Corinthians 12 and verses 7 to 19. Sorry, 7 to 9. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations. Paul was receiving great revelations here. He says, A thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three things I plead, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Paul inquired of God. Next, another important thing to note is in verse 19 and 23. At this time, David faced two different battles, even though they were the same enemy, the Philistines. And it's important to see here that David made no assumptions about battle strategy based on his past successes. On both occasions, he inquired of God what his army should do. Obviously, we learn from our past failures and victories, but inquiring of God will minimize us making assumptions. Therefore, I encourage you to avoid making assumptions. Remember, David had his fight with Goliath under his belt. He had fought and won many other battles. He could have thought that he could slay any giant before him. But no, David here made it his practice to inquire of the Lord. This is a wise and godly example to follow. Inquiring of God was an intimate lifestyle of David. He said in Psalm 27, One thing I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. So David inquired of the Lord about the battles. He took the initiative himself to inquire and he made no assumptions about victories. This was part of David's intimate dialogue with God. The second thing that we see here is that David hears the voice of God. He inquired of God, but he also inclined his ear. Each time David inquired of the Lord, God answered him. We have recorded for us six times in 1 and 2 Samuel that David inquired of God, and six times God answered him with specifics for the battle that he was facing. David sadly didn't always do this. But at this point in his life, he listened for the voice of God. And God gave him battle tactics and strategy for how to win. God answered with revelation of how David's army could be victorious. Let's look at it. Verse 19, he says, Go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. And verse 23, You shall not go up. Go round to their rear and come against them. David had learnt how to hear God's voice for the battles, for the struggles. He listened for divine strategies to defeat the enemy. Hearing God's voice enabled him to overcome his enemies. God, I believe, wants to speak to us far more than we realise. It is a matter of us engaging with him and learning to hear his voice. David, of course, learnt this as a shepherd boy, doing a very ordinary job. In the day-to-day routine of tending sheep, he learnt how to hear the voice of God. And I suggest you it's no different for us in the day-to-day. In many of the Psalms, we see this principle at work. David pouring out uh, to God his heart. David was super honest not hiding any things. David expressed all his emotions such as his disappointment, his anger, his fear, his frustration, his anxiety and then David heard God speak and understood God's heart in the situation. We see this t- countless times in the Psalms. One of my favourite Bible characters is Elijah. It seems to be though that whatever Bible character I'm reading about, he becomes my favourite or she becomes my favourite. Uh, but Elijah is definitely one of my favourites. And I love that passage where God demonstrates uh, his, his voice to him. And we read about this in, in 1 Kings and chapter 19. I want to read that to you. I was sharing this with the young people um, quite recently. 1 Kings and 19 and verse uh, 11, it says this. And he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore through the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. That was quite a wind, wasn't it? But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire the sound of a low whisper And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Sometimes God wants to ask us a question too, not only us asking him questions. God, through his Spirit, so wants to communicate his heart to you. And, you know, it takes time and desire and practice to hear the voice of God. We often, so often, want the dramatic. We want the powerful encounters, the wind, the fire, and the earthquakes. And sometimes that happens. But so often, he comes with a gentle voice, speaking deep into our hearts. The voice of the gentle Holy Spirit. Listen to these amazing words from Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever. There will always be mystery, secret things that we don't understand, but God knows all things. He has complete knowledge. This verse tells us he really wants to reveal his secrets to his children. The Spirit of God will give us revelation For each battle we face, let's learn to seek Him, learn to listen to the voice of God, to incline our ear. It is part of our being a son and daughter, listening to our Father. Then, thirdly, David obeyed the Lord. David did as he was instructed. David, as we've seen, was a bit of a brave heart of his day, if you know that film. He was ruthless against his enemy. He wasn't at all passive. He conquered and he defeated his enemies. During this season, he subdued the enemies of Israel and ruled over them. And yet he had a tender heart of love for God and his fellow man. He was macho. He had muscle. And yet he was a musician. David was given a variety of strategies in the battles he fought, but each one required him to be obedient in the different situations. But you know, to to obey is a logical outcome of inquiring of God and inclining our ear. For David, it wasn't a slavish obedience, but the outworking of his intimacy with God. Let's apply this in a practical way to the battle of temptation that you and I face uh, regularly. In 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, Paul says this, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. How do we do this? We inquire of the Lord. We hear his voice. Revelation comes, and then out of our intimacy with the Father, we discover the way of escape. This is how we gain victory. We inquire. We incline our ear. And as we follow Jesus, who is the lion and the lamb, he will give us the victory because we are more than conquerors through Christ as Paul tells us in Romans 8. Let's pray together. Father God, we just want to step in to all that you have for us in this season. Whoever we are today, whatever position we're in we want to step in closer to you we want to draw closer to you we want to have deeper levels of intimacy as we have seen in the life of David thank you so much for the privilege of prayer thank you that we can boldly come into your presence father that's the access that you've given to us through Jesus we can boldly come and speak with you And thank you that you have given us of your spirit. We have received of your spirit so that we can hear your voice. And thank you that, Holy Spirit, you want to bring secrets and revelation from the heart of the Father to us. Jesus, you are truly our victor. You have conquered. You have fought all our battles. And we thank you that the battle ultimately belongs to you and that we can be victorious in our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I want to now lead you in some thoughts about communion and encourage you after this online service has concluded and after the final song for you to take bread and wine. If you're on your own and you want to contact a friend, another person by phone or FaceTime and share bread and wine together, that would be great. But if you want to do it on your own, that is fine also. If you are in a household, um, I encourage you to take bread and wine now as well or you may want to take it over a meal later in the day. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane faced an unimaginable battle. He was the sinless son of God. He did not deserve to have to fight this battle or to die. However, he demonstrated the things that we've been thinking about this morning. Jesus inquired of God, his father, as he faced the cross before him, as he faced the ultimate battle for man's salvation. Jesus said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to be crucified Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So we see, as in David's life, Jesus inquired, Jesus listened and Jesus obeyed and ultimately won the victory. The greatest battle we ever face is sin and eternal separation from God. And that battle has been won victoriously by Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. This is why we are victorious in God, because Jesus took upon himself our personal and unwinnable battle against sin and death. Jesus stood in our place, won the battle that we might stand in victory. Jesus' overwhelming love for you and for me is shown at Calvary. That's what we're remembering today. And through Calvary, we receive that unstoppable flood of love that is poured out upon us. David said in the story we read earlier, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood, an unstoppable flood, it can be translated. Jesus has ultimately done this for us. He's broken through all our enemies with an unstoppable flood from his love. Let's read those familiar words from Matthew and chapter 26. I'll read them for you. Matthew 26 and verse 26. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. For the forgiveness of sins. I tell you I'll not drink again. Of this fruit of the vine. Until that day. When I drink it new. With you in my father's kingdom. We belong to Jesus. Who has opened the floodgates. Of heaven with an unstoppable. And unquenchable love. Jesus the lion and the lamb. Has won the ultimate battle. Through the cross. And gained the victory. Through his resurrection thanks be to god who gives us victory through our lord jesus christ hallelujah i want to just pray now and i want to pray the arionic prayer of blessing over us Um, it's the song that rob is going to sing for us next and i really believe this is a song for the moment and not just for us as a church, but for the world, worldwide church. And this has gone viral, this song. And it's such beautiful words and so powerful. And I want you to receive the blessing from these words. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.